is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Julie Banco, we continue the conversation on Funny Girl. We discuss mentors, vulnerability, meditation, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Julie Banco. With Funny Girl and understudying the lead, I wonder, are there any standout lessons in this particular production for you? Uh, what you're witnessing, you know, common themes of top performers, if you will. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I've learned a lot. Um, I would say learning the way, watching Beanie Feldstein as the, the way she treats everyone in the company is really remarkable. Mm -hmm. She surprises, well, the first time it was a surprise, first view, I guess, but she brings cupcakes for everybody on their birthday. She is like, just so thrilled to see everybody and um, she's a very kind, gracious, classy gal, you know? And so she sets a tone. And I think that always in a company, the people at the top, you know, set a tone and she's very diligent and hardworking. And so people, I think, honor that, you know, she doesn't go out, you know, partying and catching COVID. Not that if you catch COVID, you were out partying, but she's like very, on top of, you know, she's not just out in the world going at stuff. And, and, um, sure. I think that inspires everybody to, to keep doing their part, to keep the show open, you know, and not be struck down by, you know, in some way, you know, other shows have had to take, have had to take shows off and stuff. Mm. Um, that's also because we have a very good testing system. Uh, we get PCR tested six days a week. It's, it's crazy. I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Like I feel very safe at work. Um, yeah. but, uh, I would also say, I mean, I think for me, um, I have never been so stressed as the first time I went on for, for Fanny, you know, I knew it was coming for months and, um, I, I did everything I absolutely could do to be ready, um, for that day, because I knew that I wasn't going to have a lot of rehearsal. There just wasn't time. Um, and I mean, when I say like, I, I mean, I've never, I think I, I gave myself like a stress induced, like injury. <laughs> like I, like oh I, God. I was so stressed out. Like I was just like, I'm going to get COVID and not be able to go on. Like I was so, so stressed about every little thing. Um, but I would say since then, um, since then I like, I'm really, I, I don't, I don't condone being so stressed. Like I think stress mm -hmm. management is important. But I, I do think the fact that I was, um, I did everything that I could to be ready for the moment. You know, I, I prepared, I sang through the score every day in my living room and I, I, you know, moved furniture and bought my friends and family lunch to have them run lines with me as much as I could. And, and I was like, I was really careful. I was so careful about COVID, you know, that, yeah. that I, but I, in, I'm glad because all of that work that I put in, you know, over months and months and months, it like allowed everything to seep into my body so that when there was new sensory information, like an audience, 
And mm. then I was, my body was still able to be fairly relaxed, all things considered. Like it mm. was, I still was nervous, but I just mm -hmm. think acting is like a body and singing. They're a body experience. They're not intellectual exercises. So, you know, you can know it in your head, but you have to know it in your body and have it be, be part of your muscle memory and you have to keep mm. that up. So I think, I don't know. I think a big lesson is just like learning that you can't get from A to B so fast. It takes time. You can't, there's no replacement for that amount of time. But then once you put in time, that time, you can relax like your, cause your body will take over, you know, it's like, mm. I don't know, in a way it's a Malcolm Gladwell idea, right. Of like you put in all those hours and then it becomes natural. Yeah. It's like a muscle memory almost. Yeah. I love that. Um, and it's discipline too. I mean, it's a lot of discipline. It is. <laughs> it is just not guaranteed what's happening each day. <laughs> no, I mean, and I feel like I have to like, you know, I don't know when I'll get a text that says you're on. Right. And, right. you know, it's happened where I've gotten a text that was like, you're on in two hours. And I've gotten a text where, you know, or I, or, or I've just gotten a text that's like, mm, be ready, but then it doesn't happen, you know? So, yeah. and that could be for any number of reasons. You know, somebody could be stuck in the Holland Tunnel <laughs> and they're like, be ready. <laughs> um, but then they, they get there, you know? Um, so, but I, I've learned that for me, like I have to, I sort of treat every day like I'm performing. So I try to eat foods that don't activate my acid reflux. Mm -hmm. And I try to, um, you know, keep my voice warm. And I try to do all of the things that involve just what I would do if I were performing mm -hmm. just so that it's, I'm like always ready and I'm not caught off guard, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then when I'm, and then I just happen to not be, but I, I act like I am. Right. Right. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's smart. I mean, it's, you gotta, you gotta stay ready. Um, uh, how do you balance if you, if you view it this way, how do you balance achievement versus fulfillment? Um, a friend of mine once said to me back when I was doing my very first job, um, spring awakening, Todd Severus, who understudied the adult man, or the adult male roles in that show. His brother is Michael Severs. Um, he gave me this advice, which was, you know, when, it, when you're taking a job, um, you can consider, you should consider three elements. And one was, you know, is it, is it personally fulfilling? One was, how's the money? And one was, what will it do something for my career? You know, and he, he said, each job should have two of the three in order for you to say yes. And unless that one thing is so big, you know, it seems like if you get some terrible job and you're going to be miserable, but you're going to make a million dollars and then you're not going to have to work and you're going to be free for a whole year. You're not going to have to do any work. Yeah. Then, um, then maybe if, if it's so astronomically bigger, you know, or if it's the dream role that you always wanted to do, but it's, you know, in the backwoods of South Dakota and it pays $150 a week, but you just have to play that role because mm -hmm. you've dreamed of it for 20 years. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. but for the most part, 
regular jobs, they should do two of the three. And I think that that's, that's been a decent guiding principle uh, for my career where you just go, you know, I want to do this. Like I, I've always, I've always wanted to play this part and, um, and you know, I'll meet great people and make connections on this show, but the money's bad, but okay. It's two out of three, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so that way, I don't know. I've, I've kind of thought of it that way going through the years. Yeah, no, that's But for me. I mean, mostly I'm just happy to work. Usually, Mm. (laughs) usually I'm just like, I have a job. (laughs) I'm very grateful. I say, it sounds like, it sounds like I have like this major plan. I'm like, no, but mostly it's just like, I got a job. They want me to work for them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any um, favorite books or most gifted books? Most, oh, favorite books. Um, One, one book that comes to mind is called The World to Come by Dara Horn. Um, it's, it wasn't like a, I don't know, a friend, a friend gave it to me many years ago and I loved it. Mm. Um, it's about sort of about, uh, Chagall and, but it also takes place in contemporary, um, like contemporary Canada. I feel like it's been a while since I read it. Mm. I also Cavalier and Clay, the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I'm, I'm listing off a lot of like Jewish themed books, which is (laughs) not, I don't know that that's. Hey, I don't really favorites. know why they are coming to mind. They are coming to mind. I don't know. Um, I'm currently reading Harvey Firestein's memoir, oh, um, yeah. which uh, I was better last night, which I have to say is really lovely. And like, it's, um, it's funny cause he's hilarious, but it's also, and I love learning about the history of, you know, theater and being, you know, the legacy that we're a part of, but I also, I find it really moving and powerful in parts and, I literally was reading it on the way to the theater the other day and I started crying on the subway because it was so, um, it was just this chapter that was really, there was just, he was going through a lot of grief, you know, and mm-hmm. losing people he loved. And I just, you know, weeping on the subway. So I, I, I definitely would recommend that read. Okay. Okay. Do you find any common pieces of incorrect advice in the theater industry or in life? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that I believed, and I don't know that it was even ever said to me explicitly, but I really thought, you know, if I don't get into one of these programs, right, these theater programs for college or whatever, that I would, that, that, that I didn't have what it took to be an actor, you know? Mm. And I was like, well, if they don't pick me, then I don't, then I just, I, I, I won't be able to hack the competition. Mm. And I put way too much pressure on that uh, audition process. I mean, I did get in, but mm. in retrospect, I, I, you know, I've met so many people. I, I have a friend who's done, I don't know, seven Broadway shows or eight Broadway shows and tours and whatever. And she has this amazing career. She applied to something like 10 or 11 theater programs and got rejected from all of them, you know? And, and so it doesn't, whether or not some school based on one audition at one time in your life when you're 17 or 18 years old, you know, should decide whether or not you should pursue it is, I think that's just, it's very much like all or nothing thinking, which is not useful. I just think, um, you know, I, and I, when I went back 
to grad school as well. I, I noticed a lot of the people around me at the audition were like so nervous because they kept sit. They were like, well, I'm, I don't know if I'll get to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think part of why I wasn't so nervous was that I'd been an actor already. And mm -hmm. I was, you know, I'd, I'd done shows and I was like, well, I'm going to be an actor, whether or not they let me in their program, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think my advice, I, I think that, uh, that thinking, which I think, I think a lot of people I see put that pressure on auditions like that and mm -hmm. especially school and academia and those kinds of programs, getting into those kinds of programs is one way to start a career as uh, as an actor but there are or in the arts you know in general like there are so many paths to one to to this place you know and uh there's so much there's so many different kinds of work in the theater that, and and in film and tv and all this stuff that you know just because you don't maybe take some traditional route it doesn't mean that you don't have talent or that you're not going to be some big success yeah well said. That's really well said. Um, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come mm -hmm. to mind? Meditate. I think everybody would be just a little happier. <laughs> do they you? Just, I, I, I don't do it every day, but I, <laughs> you know, but I, I should <laughs> 10 minutes, <laughs> 10, 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, I should, um, I was for a while I was using this app. I really liked called waking up that Sam Harris has. And, um, I particularly mm. found his, the meta meditations, which is the, is the word for, for loving kindness. Mm. I found those to be the most uh, useful for me just because I think when you're wishing good, on you know others and on the world it just puts everything in perspective you know mm. um you just think oh that's what's important and all this other stuff i'm anxious or upset about is that's it's all just yeah it's all just noise you know and we just want people to be happy and not suffering you know yeah. that's so i i found that to be very useful so i think i think the world would be just a better place if everybody took five or 10 minutes a day and just um, sat with themselves and were able to look at their thoughts a little more and in feelings and just mm. see their, look at them objectively. And, oh, that's, I'm, that is a feeling of anger, <laughs> you know? Okay. All yeah. right. That's what that is. Yeah. I see that. And I don't have to let it control my every response, you know? Okay, I'm going to let it go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. This conversation's been fantastic. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up today? Well, um, I guess I would say, well, first of all, thank you for having me. So nice to chat with you. I love that we're matching. I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you, no one will see it. <laughs> no one will see it. But if you're listening, we're both wearing blue and white checked tops. <laughs> um, and um I guess I would, I would say, uh, well, if you want to listen to the album when it comes out, it's dropping August 26th, um, you know, everywhere that music can be heard, which is on one of a gazillion platforms. Mm. Um, and uh, we're also going to be doing a CD release concert 
on Monday, August 29th at Birdland. I think tickets aren't on sale yet um, because we just have to said, tell them who's in the band. But um, sure. <laughs> but, Those details. but, uh, but you know, as it will, the tickets will be on sale very soon. And um, yeah, August 29th uh, is a Monday night. Uh, we're very excited to to celebrate the release of the album. And um, so that I think that'll just be really fun. And um, yeah, if people want to come to that, we would love to, you know, see you there. Love it. Love this conversation. It'll be in the, uh, the show notes and I can't wait to hear it. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks. People of the world, Julie Banco. Can I just say people who need people of the world? What was the rest? Julie Banco. (laughs) Oh, Julie Banco. (laughs) You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 